the wheels are in motion for Taiwan's bid to join the CPTPP, or the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Beijing has reacted with anger, saying it firmly opposes Taiwan's accession to official organizations. However, Tokyo has extended a warm welcome to Taiwan's application. First of all, according to the regulations of the TPP-11, membership applicants must be a country or an independent customs territory. Therefore, based on this regulation, Taiwan is eligible for membership to the TPP-11. In response to Taiwan's application to join the CPTPP, my country must first express its welcome. We must first carefully assess whether Taiwan can meet the high standards of the TPP-11. Japan will, based on a strategic point of view and with the public's understanding, initiate a response. Taiwan's application was submitted this Wednesday, a week after China lodged its own membership bid. According to an Australian national newspaper, Australia, Japan and Canada are working behind the scenes to find a path for Taiwan's entry to the 11-nation trade agreement. China sent 24 warplanes into Taiwan's air defense identification zone on Thursday. It was the third largest incursion since September 2019, which is when the Taiwan government began releasing records of PLA movements. This latest infringement came a day after Taiwan applied to join the CPTPP. PLA planes reached Taiwan's ADIZ twice on Thursday. Taiwan scrambled jets to warn them off. China sent a total of 24 aircraft, including two H-6 bombers, one Y-8 electronic warfare aircraft, and two Y-8 anti-submarine warfare aircraft. The incursion was the third largest in the past two years, and it attracted strong international attention. Taiwan says 24 Chinese military aircraft entered its air defense identification zone Thursday morning. The air incursions come one day after Taiwan officially applied to join a free trade agreement among 11 countries around the Pacific Rim. The ministry says radio warnings were issued and air defense missile systems were deployed to monitor the activity. This year, China's deployments have coincided with international developments. This incident is very clearly associated with the CPTPP. Japan and other members of the Free Trade Agreement have supported Taiwan's membership bid. Another big trigger has been the Australia-UK-US Security Pact, AUKUS. The largest Chinese incursion this year was when US President Joe Biden took office. At the time, China held a large air force drill in a bid to put pressure on the US carrier fleet. Foreign media said China is applying military pressure in response to Taiwan's CPTPP application. One analyst said that the incursions, which involve a variety of aircraft over different altitudes, are very costly for China. As a result, this form of response is reserved for major global developments or other countries' military drills. From a tactical perspective, it's very clear. It's encirclement. Normally, these incursions appear in the southwest section of the country's airspace, then move toward the southeast, and then 400 kilometers off the coast of Hualien. Basically, the Chinese aircraft normally form a half-moon-shaped encirclement of Taiwan. Democratic nations are aligning against Chinese threats and intimidation. Quad members the U.S., Japan, Australia and India are meeting in Washington on Friday. Taiwan is expected to be a major topic on the agenda.
Taiwan reported one local case and seven imported cases of COVID on Friday. The one local case was an engineer at Foxconn Interconnect Technology, a subsidiary of Honghai Precision Industry. She first tested positive on a rapid testing machine that she developed for the company. She had a high CT value of 36, which indicates that her infection was not recent. The CECC also released its latest genomic sequencing results. Between September 17th and 23rd, labs tested two imported cases and both involved the Delta strain. Taiwan has now found 151 cases of the Delta variant, 108 of which were imported. Since July, 21 percent of imported cases have been people who received at least two doses of a COVID vaccine. National Taiwan University Hospital is recruiting subjects for its vaccine mixing trial. It's already filled half its participant groups, but it still needs subjects who receive the domestically made Medigen vaccine. A hospital doctor said the study has been underway for about half a year. The goal is to find out which vaccine combinations induce the most potent protective effect. So far, 722,000 people have received a dose of the Medigen COVID vaccine. Now, second doses are rolling out, although the brand's protective efficacy remains unknown. Li Bingying, a physician at NTU Hospital, put out a call to people who want to know their antibody level. On social media, he wrote that eligible Medigen recipients 20 and older should join his hospital's human trial, in which they'll get antibody tests for free. This has been underway for almost half a year now. Its goal is to find out just what the antibody levels are for people in Taiwan who receive the vaccine. We can use the figures to make comparisons with the antibody reactions induced by other vaccines to see whether one is high or low. We can also look at reactions induced in T-cells. The trial has four groups of participants who received the regimens of Medigen-Medigen, Medigen-Pfizer, AstraZeneca-Moderna, and AstraZeneca-Pfizer. The trial will compare the changes seen in the neutralizing antibodies of the four groups. Every group will comprise about 200 subjects who take seven blood tests over a maximum follow-up period of 18 months. Over the last half year, researchers have filled the mixed AstraZeneca groups. Recruitment is still on for subjects who received Medigen. With vaccine mixing on the rise, Lee was asked about the possibilities for those who'd had one dose of Sinovac or Sinopharm in China. He said these people can receive a second dose of any brand approved in Taiwan. It's a bit of a vaccine issue. We can't really say that those vaccines are entirely ineffective, but we also can't monitor the effect it's having on you. We will allow you to choose a vaccine brand that's already been improved domestically. That way, you can have more of a guarantee that there's a better protective effect. If you're going to mix and match, the current recommendation is to get an mRNA vaccine. That's the safest approach, because UK data has shown that no matter what vaccine you get as your first dose, if you get a second or third dose of an mRNA vaccine, there will be a fairly good protective effect. The CEC said that nationals who received one dose of a Chinese vaccine are eligible for a Taiwan-approved brand four weeks later. After returning to Taiwan, they should register online for their chosen vaccine brand and wait to be called up in order of age.
Myeloproliferative neoplasms, or MPNs, are a cluster of rare blood cancers that starts in the bone marrow. Because they can manifest as many different types of tumors, MPNs are notoriously difficult to diagnose. Linko Changa Memorial Hospital has partnered with a tech company to launch an AI diagnostic tool for diagnosing MPN tumors. Our reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Myeloproliferative neoplasms, or MPNs, are a cluster of blood cancers. They can cause many different types of tumors and symptoms. Because of this, MPNs are regarded as one of the most difficult diseases to diagnose. But a new tool developed by Tanga Memorial Hospital has the potential to improve diagnosis accuracy. AI. The AI technology platform is integrated with a very large digital database of Linko Changa Memorial Hospital. This gives us an edge. We use AI for deep learning and training to identify rare blood diseases that are not easy to diagnose. MPNs can cause excessive production of red blood cells, white blood cells, or platelets in the bone marrow. A certain proportion of them may turn into acute myeloid leukemia. Tanga and doctors say that their AI diagnostic tool can help improve the survival rate of patients through early diagnosis and intervention. We have nearly 10,000 patient slides to diagnose every month. We are currently the only hospital in Taiwan that fully digitizes the slides. If each glass slide is 0.1 centimeters thick, we've got 400 meters already. That's about the height of Taipei 101. These slides provide a superb database for our hospital as we do AI research. Linko Tanga Memorial Hospital sees nearly 10,000 cases every month, and it gets tens of thousands of slides that need to be interpreted. Two years ago, the hospital fully digitized those slides. The hospital hopes its digital database and AI diagnostic tool can lead to early intervention for cancer patients. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. Members of the KMT take to the polls tomorrow to choose their next leader. Incumbent Johnny Chang, who's running for a re-election, faces a serious challenge to his seat in the form of party stalwart Eric Chu. Chu has positioned himself as a centrist, and he's appeared to have won endorsement from most of his party's lawmakers. But a hardline dark horse candidate threatens to shut down his hopes for party leadership. KMT supporters clad in ROC flag-adorned clothing surround party chairman candidate Zhang Yazhong. Party members go to the polls on Saturday, and Zhang supporters are out in force at the Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hall. Tomorrow, if you are a party member, you must come out to vote. We must ensure that the blue sky, white sun, and holy red earth of the ROC flag fly not only in Taiwan, but throughout the world. The KMT must not become extreme, it must not go astray, and it must not lose itself to froth. We must be resolutely blue and resolutely defend democracy and freedom. Zhang on the left, shouting Republic of China. On the right, it's Zhu in a social media ad urging supporters not to become extreme. At the Legislative Yuan, 29 of the party's 38 lawmakers endorsed Zhu for the post. Lined up shouting slogans, these KMT lawmakers make a rare group appearance. Zhu is a favorite for the seat, but Zhang's influence has recently surged. Together, the two have left incumbent Johnny Chang with little hope of a second term. 
Former Chairman Eric Jew came here to pay his respects, and coming out to welcome him was just a basic show of manners. Many colleagues have already apologized to me because the meeting turned out to be a rally, which wasn't their intention. The KMT members are demonstrating their anxieties over the fate of the party. The situation is that KMT members have concerns about Zhang Yajong. I often joke that the KMT is afraid of Zhong. That Zhong is referring to Zhang Yajong, not the Chinese word for China, Zhongguo. Fear and loathing could come into play in the vote, which takes place in less than 24 hours. The iPhone 13 has hit stores in Taiwan and around the world. Pre-orders were strong for this latest generation of Apple's smartphone. Taiwan's top telecom operators don't see COVID hurting sales. They say demand will be stronger this year than the year before due to the upcoming launch of the government's stimulus vouchers. Taiwanese Olympians Guo Xingchun, Huang Xiaowen and Ding Huatian get a reaction from the crowd. At the Taiwan launch of Apple's iPhone 13 series, each received a free smartphone courtesy of a telecom operator. It's looking like this year's sales will not lose out to last year. They may even surpass last year's performance. Chenghua Telecom held its launch online in light of the epidemic. The company chairman agreed that sales are off to a promising start. The government has worked very hard and the vaccination coverage rate is very high. I do not think the epidemic will have an adverse effect on iPhone 13 sales. A Luju local surnamed Liu set up camp at this Far East Tone storefront the night before the launch. He says he's bought every generation of the iPhone since the beginning of time. Although there were slightly fewer pre-orders this year compared to the last, we still had the expected volume. We still met our expectations. Asia-Pacific Telecom said supply constraints did not affect this first wave of iPhone 13 sales. The series' new and improved features have driven strong early demand, it said. Because of the supply and the phone's improved functionality, pre-orders have doubled from last year. As for Taiwan Star Telecom, it's looking forward to a boost from quintuple stimulus vouchers. Although deliveries did coincide with the epidemic this year, sales numbers are looking much better than last year's. So we believe that with the rollout of the quintuple stimulus vouchers, sales will increase by about 20% over the product life cycle. Some shoppers queued at stores, while others took to the internet. One e-commerce firm is offering two-hour deliveries in the greater Taipei area. It arrived very quickly. I ordered at 8 o'clock this morning, and it arrived at 10 o'clock. The fastest delivery in the greater Taipei area was 85 minutes. Another vendor offered phone accessories for 1NT to win over shoppers. We set up pre-orders after the product announcement. So far, pre-orders have been 1.5 times that of last year's pre-orders for the iPhone 12. On the first day of sales, the industry is buzzing as it seizes business opportunities from Apple's latest offering. National Day is just weeks away, and for the first time in 20 years, the annual fireworks extravaganza is back in Kaohsiung. Hundreds of fireworks will light up Kaohsiung Harbor in a display visible from across the port city. Mayor Chen Qimai stressed that the event will be held with stringent health measures in place to prevent any spread of COVID. Majestic tunes swell as fireworks light up the sky above Kaohsiung Harbor. 
Next month, the National Day Fireworks Show will return to Kaohsiung for the first time in 20 years. The National Day evening celebrations will be at Kaohsiung Harbor, where seven pontoons will carry over 112 and 16-inch rockets spread out over three kilometers. A live symphony orchestra will accompany the show. The area of Kaohsiung Harbor is actually very wide and open, so you'll be able to see the fireworks from several large districts. There will be a very special view of the show, especially from districts like Qijing. But all eyes will be on COVID safety at such a big event. Real name registration, as well as distancing zones and crowd control, will all be in place. Entrance will be strictly via booking only, with attendees capped at 20,000, down from 700,000 last year. We will sustain a rolling review of the domestic pandemic situation. 20,000 people will be allowed on site, but actually you'll also be able to see the National Day fireworks from other locations. We must create a COVID-secure fireworks show. Critics will be watching out to see whether bringing the National Day dazzle to Kaohsiung can help reinvigorate its tourist economy. The first baseball World Cup since 2019 is underway in Mexico. On day one of the under-23 tournament, Taiwan defeated Germany 7-zip. Taipei pitcher Zhuang Chen Zhongao struck out nine batters and walked none over five innings. Let's hear what his coach had to say. This was our first game against Germany. I feel that their defense did well. They did everything to standard. As for their pitching, there is some room for improvement. So in today's game, we were able to get quite a few walks off of them. Our starter, Zhuang Chen, gave an outstanding performance. The two pitchers after him were also up to par. My performance today was like that at our home games. I just played it just like I would at any other game. I didn't think too much about strategy. Before the game, coach told me the German team's offense wasn't very good, that it was a bit slow, so he said to stick mainly to fastballs. Zhuang Chen is playing for Taiwan internationally for the first time. During his debut game, he clocked a fastball that reached 153 kilometers an hour. From here, Taiwan will go on to play against the Czech Republic, Cuba, Mexico and the Dominican Republic. It's aiming to finish the, in the top three. Taroko National Park is increasing efforts to stop visitors feeding the local macaques. With more tourists giving the wild monkeys food scraps, macaques are becoming more aggressive in the area. Some have been found repeatedly entering stores and stealing food. Park rangers and police warn that getting caught feeding the monkeys is subject to heavy fines. A macaque flies into the frame, sneaking into the post office and up on the counter in an instant. Disappointed to find no food, it scampers away as fast as it came. A police officer heads to the front of a supermarket to check there are no macaques lurking outside. In recent years, groups of monkeys have frequently congregated outside supermarket doors, rushing inside when they hear the door open, searching for food. Macaques are very smart. Actually, they know right away human food is more delicious than natural food, so they may want to get close to tourists. Some visitors to the national park see the cute little monkeys and give them some of their food. But this makes the animals lose their inhibitions and can cause them to start stealing food or to become aggressive. Taroko National Park Administration says that particularly boisterous monkeys will be moved to a different location, following scholars' advice. 
When we go over, we observe which male macaque is leading the thefts. Then we catch him in a basket and take him elsewhere and release him into the wild. Do not feed the animals. If we discover culprits, our officers will press for the highest fine of 3,000 NT for a violation of Article 13 of the National Park Act. Recently, Taroko National Park has upped its efforts to educate visitors. Feed the monkeys and you face punishment. The message is, admire the creatures from a distance and let them stay wild. Parents should not delay getting their children diagnostic checks if they're concerned about developmental delays. That's the message from doctors from the Ministry of Health and Welfare Hospital in Zhanghua. They say there are many therapies to help kids flourish despite setbacks. But the sooner an issue is discovered, the better. This kid is thrilled to complete a puzzle and move on to the next round. All these toys in the classroom have unique functions and can help indicate which children may need early intervention therapies. For children who are more delayed and have needs, we do a different assessment, and then we give them a complete assessment report with all our therapy recommendations. These doctors can evaluate whether a child has developmental delays, but it takes parents or guardians to take note in the first place. In a typical case, a child age three would only repeat single words. His speech is a bit slow. He didn't talk much then. He just repeated single words. It was time for him to go to kindergarten, so we decided to take him to physio. If a child is still unable to form simple sentences at the age of two, or unable to narrate an event fully at the age of three, or frequently expresses themselves by repeating words, all these are signs of possible delays in linguistic development. This doctor says the golden period for treating developmental delays is before the age of six. She urges parents not to delay getting checks if they have concerns.